I'm Logan sitting here with Kyle, Andy, and once again, our esteemed guest, Classic Rock Carter. Thank you for coming on, Carter. Well, we have a good show for y'all today. Got a damn good show. And uh, we have kind of what we like to call a music roundup. We This is the first time we've done multiple albums, multiple songs that is not in a slapper crap kind of situation. We have two albums to talk about. Eric Church's triple album, but we only have access to two, so we're going to be covering Heart soul we're gonna not have the and in there because we don't really have but two or three of those songs so we can't really give a good review on that we're also going to be doing tristan merez's debut album and but first we're going to start with a single by none other none other than the country and Cans most disappointing artist relative to his talent in the mainstream blake shelton blake shelton has released three new songs coming from his upcoming project and not gonna lie once in a while you know, Blake Shelton kind of taps back into what he used to do and puts out something that's pretty damn good. And Andy, I know you're the one that brought it to our attention. So if you want to go first on talking about Blake Shelton's Bible verses. Yeah, it popped up in my, uh, what's that, what's that thing on Spotify called? Discover. Uh, Discover, not release radar. Release radar. No, not release radar. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, it popped up in that. I thought I was going to click on it. I was going to give him a spin on this. And as soon as I heard it, I texted y'all and said, this song is fire. It is straight down my alley. I love how, what's it called where he uses the versus thing like twice with a different spelling? What's the word for that? Well, I mean, I don't know what word you're going for, but I guess what you're trying to say is the title of the song is Bible verses, but he has kind of a turn of phrase where he, uh, yeah, he turns word for that. Well, I mean, look it up, and then you can tell me what it is, because I don't know off the top of my head, so I'm not going to be able to help you on that. I don't, I don't know how to look it up. I can't look up a word. Dictionary.com, Andy. SpongeBob, we have the technology. It's called Google. <laughs> anyways. Anyways. You get my point. I get your point. I love it when people do that. Yeah, the turn of phrase where they kind of use the same – they use the same – it sounds the same, but they use the same phrasing, but in a different way, is what you're basically saying. Yeah, word that is pronounced the same, and it's spelled different. Yeah. Do you not have internet out in Wyoming right now? I don't know how to type any of this in, because I don't know if I'm even saying the right word. English okay. is my second language. We've got to have What's internet if we're hearing him right word? now. What, gibberish is your first. Uh, a juxtaposition, I believe. Is that what it is? I mean, I'm, I'm confused. You're, you're, you're at, Kyle's now asking me, like, I'm supposed to know this after I'm, I just said I don't I'm know. Actually, I can't remember what exactly you're talking about in the song, Andy. So pull up the lyrics and I can show you, but it's right towards the end of the chorus. Because, like I said, the song is called Bible Verses. And basically, the synopsis of the song is he's talking about, like, how he is a person of faith, but he struggles with living up to what the Bible says. Yeah what the Bible like says is the correct way to live as a person of faith. And like in the second verse, he's talking about, you know, waking up in the clothes he had last night with whiskey on his lips. And he, he hopes that one day he can get to the point where he reads the, uh, he reads he reads bible verses, not the Bible verses versus me. Exactly. And I think that's a fantastic turn of phrase. Yes. We know the song. You kind of interrupted me there. This isn't Hannity and Combs on Fox news back in the day. I mean, to be fair, Andy, you, Actually, you did I mean, probably the worst but... job ever describing <laughs> describing. <laughs> to be fair, Pinky's out. But yeah, no, like okay. I, yeah. I agree with you on that, though, Andy. Is like it's. I love that turn of phrase where he uses the the hook of the song Bible verses, but he turns it into a way of like saying, "I wanted to read like Bible verses, not the Bible verses me." And I agree with you that it's a very relatable song because, in in a lot of ways, in my life, like I'm, like I've said many times on the show, I'm a person of faith. And, but I don't always live up to the standard that I, I should. And that is kind of like, you hope that in on your walk throughout your life that you get better. And that's kind of where this, this song is kind of points to. And it has that, that kind of more traditional uh, country kind of uh, production on it that Blake Shelton has a very distinguishable country voice and it's, he, he's a fantastic vocalist, but he doesn't always sing the best song. He doesn't always pick the best songs. And I think that this was one, he didn't write this, but I think this was one that he picked that was, a, he hit it out of the park. I like the consciousness of, like in the song, where he's conscious of his problems. I like songs where they acknowledge their problems and address it within the song. Agreed. Agreed. 
Yeah. It's got two things in it that I'm a sucker for. What are, was that? The like the Bible verses used twice and then the uh being conscious of the problem of the conflict within the song where you acknowledge the yeah. conflict in okay. the song and the, the narrator is conscious of the problem. Yeah. I, I think that in a lot of ways, like if you're from the South, like we are, I mean, there's a, a phrase that describes a lot of people that go to church, you know, back row Baptist. Cause I mean, I know I grew up going to a lot of Baptist churches, like where it's the, it's the classic dichotomy of in country music, classic dichotomy in the South between Saturday night and Sunday morning where you're, you're out having cold ones with the boys on Saturday night, but then you're in church in the church pew on Sunday morning. And I think this song kind of like, in a different way talks about that, but also, but it's not just in the, well, this is my life. I'm doing this on Saturday, this on Sunday. It, it's in a way that's saying, this is how I'm living my life. But I hope that one day I can get better. I hope that one day I can become more of what the Bible tells me I should be where I, I don't feel at like the, they're giving me the third degree. And uh, when I, like the gospel is not giving me the third degree, as he says in the song, it's where it's like, just kind of like telling me this is the right way to live. And I'm actually doing a pretty good job at it. Anybody else have anything to say on that? <laughs> no, I'm just uh, researching. Because yeah. I, I, I was confused on what he meant in the third degree. And <clears throat> after looking it up. Um, well, the third degree, I think here, if I'm not mistaken, third degree is just talking about like when you someone's questioning you and accusing you of things. It's like, why are you giving me the third degree? Like yeah, I, think, I think that's. It's just like correct, a, what yeah. is the word? Colloquialism? Yeah, I think you're correct. And that's kind of what I was going to get to. You better beat me to it, but for the cap. Yeah, yeah. This was uh, we can agree. We can agree that this is one of the good Blake Shelton songs that he puts out once in a while. We need more of this Blake Shelton, yes, and not uh, Hell Right and Chew the Back and Chew the Back and Chew the yeah. Back Spit. Yeah, we need more. We need more Bible verses and less Hell Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Classic Rock Carter, you you're on the show today, and just for context. You have not heard a single one of these songs really at all that we're going to be talking about today. So what do you have to say about any of this? Um, I think he's a good judge on America's Got Talent. It's not even the right yet. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the voice. <laughs> Carter, I wouldn't have known that. He, he is entertaining on The Voice. I do agree with that. But <laughs> I don't like The Voice. <laughs> I don't watch the voice and apparently neither does Carter. Oh, I don't either, but I've seen, I've seen some episodes. I mean, Blake Shelton's a charismatic guy. We can't deny that. I mean, you have to sometimes give credit where credit's due, right? But anyways, moving on from the Blake Shelton song, we'll jump into, uh, I guess we'll start with the Tristan Merez album that just came out. You know, it's, um, so Tristan Rose is a guy who's been making noise in uh, the Texas scene. He's a young guy. I mean, he's around our age, actually. <clears throat> and his self-titled debut has just released. It's his first full-length record. And I think that Tristan Rose, my opinion on that guy, and then I'll open it up the floor for everybody, is this album really, I think, is really good just because it's a, the perfect marriage between the traditional and the contemporary. It has enough like contemporary like sounds and contemporary production that will keep the younger crowd in Texas and the younger crowd even more uh, within the larger country music listenership engaged. But at the same time, it's still, it's still straight up country. It's still, that it has a few songs on it that's like really, really traditional. It's kind of similar to like some 90s, early 2000s country. And uh, I would say it's very comparable in sonically to Cody Johnson, maybe. So like, I think this is, I really enjoyed the record. And before we get into uh, what you guys think and some like songs in particular, I think that he's going to have a good career if he sticks with this kind of like formula for lack of a better word, because this, this just works. I mean, he's got some fun songs, he's got some sad songs, but at the same time, it's the perfect marriage between the traditional and the contemporary. It reminds me a lot of like a George Strait album, like more so like of him over time kind of condensed down into an album. That's kind of what it reminds me of quite a bit. Like, especially with, with, like, the song Texas Swing in there. That's, like, I mean, it just reminds me of George Strait. Yeah. So, uh, I thought the album was good. It, it has a, like, like D-Berry said, it has a very, like, mid-90s, early aughts uh, 
country vibe to it. Um, it's very, it's, it's a, you know, straight down the road country album, which is good. Um, my only complaint with it is I think he, he kind of needs to find his own sound because some of the songs on the record kind of reminded me of George Strait. Uh, some of them kind of reminded me of like a Garth Brooks song. Um, and then he tried to hit, you know, more like the, the Brooks and Dunn sound. Um, and all that's, all that's great music, you know, but I think you just need to kind of find your own thing and stop trying to hit all these different, you know, different sounds that, that they make. Um, like the day drinking song kind of reminds me of a, a, a Garth Brooks song. Maybe if you're talking about like a little bit more early to mid career Garth, maybe yeah, pre we shall be free. Okay, fair. Yeah, I mean that's just kind of what it reminded me. Singing, and I'm sorry, we shall be free is a garbage ass song. <laughs> but but yeah, anyways, okay, really, but, don't want to go down a rabbit hole on that. But yeah, I know something. Uh, like like Andy said, the Texas swing song that kind of reminded you of you know a George Strait song. Um, I still think my favorite song on the album is the uh, Neon Moon Light song um, with Ronnie Dunn. But I think as he gets older, a little more mature, he'll find his own his own sound. And it's his first album, so you can't criticize him too heavy for that. But yeah, I mean, look, I it's a good, it's a really I, I good. I get what first you're album. saying. I do. I get what you're saying. I mean, at the same time, I just kind of see it as country. Um, I think you're right though that he will have a little bit more of his own mark maybe as time comes on. But yeah. I would say the songs that I really enjoyed on this uh, this album was say "Cold Cold Night" is fantastic, man. Mm-hmm. Like it's kind of like this honky tonkin version uh, of like you know the, the girl left you but at the same time she left you uh she left that cold beer in the fridge because you know that's the only thing that's gonna get you through on this cold 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 night and um i i, I really kind of dig those honky tonkin you know my baby left me kind of songs that are a little bit upbeat um i also think that two beers on a bar is a good song and uh there's no excuse for two beers in a bar not to be able to make a splash of mainstream radio like seriously that song should be a hit i did like that one too yeah that one should be a hit. And um, uh, also, like, um, diving into a little bit more of my, I guess, my bummer jam side, um, If You Don't Know By Now is a fantastic song. And then also, She's Had Enough of Texas. I'm a sucker for a song like She's Had Enough of Texas. Like, the girl's leaving. There's a common thread with a lot of things I like about women leaving you alone. So, <laughs> But uh, she's had enough of Texas. Like, the girl's leaving. She's kind of had enough of Texas. But at the same time, she's had enough of him. Um, it's a little different. It's a fun song. That's uh, it, it's just it's another song about beer. <laughs> but I mean, as much as a lot of our independent people love to bash Luke Combs for beer drinking songs, but Texas people kind of get a pass sometimes. I don't understand that. But like, it's a little different. It's just song about you know it, this this dr- these drinks hit a little different when I'm drinking with you, talking to a young lady at the bar. But it's a fun song. It's a song I could play at a tailgate at an NC State game and. I mean, people wouldn't be batting an eye about like, what the hell did you just put on kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I have no problem with like songs about beer. If you can relate it into something clever or, uh, or meaningful, uh, like we talked, just talked about Luke Combs, the share, if you want to song. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a really clever way to, you know, work in, you know, drinking beer. It's not, you know, the, this, the old cliche of like drinking beer on a tailgate. Yeah. Uh, and with a young lady with some Daisy Dukes. And I think he he kind of did one kind of cheesy song on the record, which is which I thought was Drink About Me. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of cheesy. This one almost feels like a play for mainstream radio. Yeah, uh it was it was kind of cheesy. Uh but at you know, as D Barry said, you know, Cold Cold Night was good, two beers on a bar was good. It's a it's a it's a it's a solid yeah, first record. And look, th- this guy obviously has talent because Ronnie Dunn wouldn't be singing on a record with somebody who doesn't have a future in country music. And well, he wouldn't even return his call. No, so whoever. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think Tristan Merez got a bright future ahead of him. I'm looking forward to it because I, I actually really like the album a lot. It sounds so good. Yeah. Like it, it's just it's country, man. Like we don't have a whole like even in Texas these days. I mean, we talked about this with some artists that have come on recently about how there's this kind of like punk rock a little bit of post grunge kind of like rock and roll scene from kids or i shouldn't call them kids because they're our freaking age but from dudes coming out of texas that in while i dig that sound you know tristan and randall king are the guys that are around our age that are still kind of sticking true to that that kind of country honky-tonk kind of kind of ways that are carrying on the tradition and you you need dudes like that because cody johnson's a little older i mean it's just kind of like this generation's 
incarnation of the dudes that are going to sing straight up country music. You got to have that. He's got the look too. Massive belt buckle. <laughs> yeah. Cowboy yeah. hat, tucked in shirt. He's got all those. He, he has a, uh, it's not my style. I personally wouldn't wear it because I'm a coastal guy from North Carolina, but he, he's got some killer uh, Western shirts that he wears. They're a little more, a little loud for me as an East Coast guy, but but it's a I think it's a thing down there. Andy can probably speak to the that kind of fashion more than I can. And and Andy's a fashionista, if you guys didn't know. He's a I like man. the loud Western shirts. I'm a big fan. So a lot of, it, it most of them tend to have like the uh like I think it's the Aztec print, like what you typically see in that those designs, like those yeah. colors. A lot of those colors. And I, I like it. I'm a huge fan of it. Like we said, Andy's a fashionista. People just don't realize it. Carter, thoughts on uh, Western wear? Western wear. Um, I say as I sit here in my uh, loose-fitting blue jeans and hoodie with a Boston T-shirt underneath it. Uh, That's country song right there. I probably could. <laughs> I could probably write a country song about that. And a trucker hat. Anyways, what about Western wear? Um, you support it or no? I support it if you're not going to be a poser about it. So who would be a poser? I don't know if Andy would be a poser considering he's a trucker. So him being a trucker absolves him from the fact that he's not from the West. Well, I mean, he wants to be from the Midwest. So. I know, he's Midwest Andy now. Kansas Andy. <laughs> Carter, are you... Hey, Andy's, Andy's curiously silent right now with classic <laughs> Rock Carter putting him on blast. Carter. Truckers do get a, a pass for it, and I always find that kind of odd. It's never really made sense to me, but... Give, you're a trucker. A you can just lie about where you're from. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, except for nobody's going to believe it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've done that before. Andy's like, hey there, little darling. Where are you from? I'm from Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. What part? The North part. <laughs> Yellowstone. Everybody, I'm pretty sure like all 15 people in Wyoming. Know What's that one city in Wyoming? <laughs> What's the one city in Wyoming, Andy? That everybody knows. Yeah. Cheyenne. Cheyenne. Cheyenne, that's Cheyenne, right. Cheyenne, Laramie, Casper. Uh, Sheridan, oh, you lost us after Cheyenne. Sheridan. You never heard of Casper? That's the capital, ain't it? I've heard of Casper the Friendly Ghost, but not Casper, Wyoming. Mm, don't know the capital. Uh, probably, I don't know I the capital. No offense to people in Wyoming, but Wyoming is one of those states I forget about. Wyoming doesn't exist. Anymore. It's not Cheyenne. <laughs> no, Ohio is not a state. Well, I'm just playing. To all of our Ohio listeners, <laughs> I actually love Ohio. We have a connection between North Carolina and Ohio with the Wright brothers. So, Ohio, you rock. But much love. Much love, Ohio. Um, but, yeah, but so, yeah, I mean, look, bringing it back to Tristan Merez, the, I think the album's good. Um, it, it's a good, like Kyle was saying, it, it's a good debut record. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I think that. Um, he's got a bright future, like I said, and I'd be inter- Hopefully, he kind of like follows it up with a killer sophomore um, album. But I think it's a good debut record. What about you, Andy? Yeah, I agree. The biggest thing is I agree with what you said about it kind of being more so the contemporary traditional country, and that tends to not be my thing. And that's where it really I'm not a huge fan of a lot of that. Right, but see, like. Yes, but you, you're getting the wrong idea. What I mean by that, when I say contemporary, yeah, I, didn't I don't mean it. I don't mean mainstream country. Contemporary does it's just yeah, not. I know what you mean? It means it has some contemporary country sounds. It doesn't mean pop country. No, it's, I, it's I mean, still country. It's just not. It's just not yeah, neo traditional yeah. or traditional. It's like white bread country, basically. I guess. But is it? I mean, I don't understand what kind of fucking country you like. To be honest, I never have. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I, it doesn't, I'm not going to say it makes a lot of sense. Because you don't like contemporary. Like you don't like neo-traditional. You hate 80s country. You like Waylon, but... Turnpike. Tur- Turnpikes, I would consider them contemporary in some ways, but they have their own kind of unique sound. But they're country. I like Turnpike. They're not I'm traditional. Okay. They sure as shit ain't traditional. I am I am a Texas country fan. That's like right Randy Rogers band is that literally country. but that that's a wide swath of sounds. That's a whistle the turnpike. Yeah, and then like Randy Rogers and Wade Bowen are different than Jason Bowen. Jason Eady. You like Jason Bowen. Jason Eady, I would say, is more of on the tra- like the traditional, I guess you would say. Well. 
All right. I think that wraps up Tristan Rezzo. Yeah, we, we've been getting way off topic. We have been. That's what happens when Classic Rock Carter comes on. We start talking about nonsense. I barely said anything. <laughs> yeah, but that's all it takes is for you to say a little bit, and the whole thing derails. I guess. Carter is a big personality for no one that's ever seen him in person. He's about six foot five. You know, yeah, built benches built 350. benches three fifty, built like a pro wrestler. He actually used to be at Ohio Valley Wrestling and um was on his way to the WWE until they sold that territory or di- or discontinued their affiliation and he didn't want to go work at the uh uh what's I, it, I didn't, I didn't the training work. center or whatever. I, did, I didn't want to work for Al Snow either, so I just quit. Yeah, so Carter is dropped his professional wrestling career. But Anyways, moving into our next album uh, here on the Music Roundup this week, we have one that we have been very excited about for a while. It's North Carolina's own Eric Church. About a year ago, he kind of, background on this record, he kind of announced that he was going to do a triple album um, called Heart and Soul. The first album's Heart, last album Soul, and the middle one was the and. Um, It's called and, but it's like the ampersand sign on that. That record is only available to the church choir, his fan base, and I am no longer a paying member of the church choir, so I don't believe I have access anymore. Wait, hang on. Hang on. Does he have like a Patreon or something that he released that album to? Is that what you're telling me? He has all all artists have a fan club. Interesting. Yeah. I was not aware that somebody as famous as him would have to have like oh, it's a fan club that you have to be a part if you have to be a part of if you yeah. That's interesting. I thought you were saying it was like Patreon. Patreon Carter. It it predates way before that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Like it's a fan club. So, like for instance, um, back when he did this, Eric Church has always taken better care of his fans than almost anybody in the mainstream. Because back when he uh, surprise released Mister Misunderstood, the day after the ACMs, I think he uh, sent out that that album for free to every member of his fan club. Hmm, I didn't know that. And those are people that are almost guaranteed to buy it. So it's like it's he just gave it away. Pretty stand-up move by by the guy, but so we have, like I said, the and album is a smaller uh, collection of songs that we don't really have access to. We we've heard a few of the ones that he's released on um, on uh, Spotify, um, but we won't talk about those for the purpose of this. But so we're going to talk about the first album that came out April sixteenth, which was Heart, and then the album from April twenty third, which was Soul, and they're both nine songs apiece, vastly different sonically. But we'll jump into Heart first. My thoughts on Heart is I really, really, really like this album. Heart is kind of like, in a lot of ways, has a lot of 80s rock influence. Some of it's Heartland rock. Then there's one song that's very Meat Loaf Elton John, kind of big, like kind of like Showtime kind of, it has this big buildup in the song. Not a big fan of that song. Um, Lyrically, it's pretty good, but it's just not my thing. Um, but like I said, there, it's, it's kind of like just a, a lot of different like rock influences. Like, like we always say about Eric Church, his last few records, Call a Spade a Spade. He's not really a country artist anymore. He's a rock artist that's within the country sphere because there isn't really a viable mainstream rock alternative anymore. But Eric Church is a is a very well-respected songwriter, and he continuously keeps putting out good songs. But on Heart in particular, like um, I think there's only – it kind of has this running theme of things like of like passion of love of, of heartbreak, anything, any kind of emotion dealing with the heart. So it's aptly titled. There's one, I think that doesn't fit in whatsoever on this. And that's stick that in your country song. It was the lead single and it has nothing to do with the rest of the record. That's not a very good song. And it's not, I mean, you kind of like the energy he brings, but that's about all it has going for it. But that was the lead single. He almost always kind of leads off with this big bombastic rock song. I think like the outsiders from that record was the lead single, but I got to say, he started this record off fantastically, mm-hmm. man. Heart on Fire is a motherfucking jam. And that song is just like kind of like has that nostalgic factor where he's looking back on the time spent with uh, this girl that he was dating. And, you know, they were uh, kind of rolling through in his truck that his truck couldn't really handle the road. But he was looking at her and he said he, he couldn't blame a boy for driving it like you stole it fast and thinking about her on the boat. Back that time, you know, what was the, how does the chorus go? He's like saying that uh, soaking my, my soul in gas and setting my heart on fire. This is very Mellencamp sounding uh, kind of stuff to me. And Eric Church is at his best when he's doing two things um, in recent years. That's mid-tempo, kind of like heartfelt, well-written songs. And then he really kind of nailed Heartland Rock, man. So I, I love that. Um, then I'll let you guys kind of jump in too before we kind of get into more songs. What you, on your thoughts on heart? Heart we need to make a pause here for like 10 minutes if we can. 
Yeah, I got you. Pause it now. All right, now we're back. Uh, sorry, Andy had to excuse himself for a moment, but uh, we're back now. No, duty called, 911 emergency. <laughs> Andy's been out there eating burritos in Wyoming. Gas station burritos of that. <laughs> I'll get you. <laughs> All right. Uh, talking All about right. Eric, Eric Church's heart, not Andy's butt. Well, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as I'll, I'll contradict Logan while on the topic of shit. I thought this <laughs> album was shit. <laughs> I, All right, why well, was really this shit? Hard on, I really liked Hard on Fire, but after that song, I, I hated the sound of this album. And if that motherfucker said heart one more time, I was going to kill somebody. Jeez, Andy. I get down that the, the album's called Heart, but I feel like he said Heart 47,000 times. Okay, interesting. Okay. Like, what was the song? Uh, Never Break Heart? Why does everything have to be a fucking heart? Well, what do you want him to sing about on an album called Heart? And it's about matters of the heart. I don't know. Well, Andy, this what is good because happen? normally we all kind of in some way agree. That's true. Um, I listened to this album once and never wanted to hear it again, except for the first song because I really like that song. Okay, so we 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 okay. agree on the first song. Um, yeah, that's a shame because Russian Roulette is fantastic. People Break is fantastic. Break is never so Break Hard is fantastic, and Crazy Land is good. Yes, as me and I do like Crazy Land. Okay, so you like I, two I songs that was on this album. Yeah, so as me Crazy Land would have went better with the other album. As me what? Not even a little bit. No. We'll get to that when we get to Soul. Soul as me and different. we're talking about. They should have swapped the fifth record on both albums. Yeah. Uh, speak That in Your Country song, meh. Let's just go Yeah, not good. Up. Sorry. Hell it it had nothing to do with this album. No. Hell of a View, good song. Uh, <laughs> Heart on Fire, banger. Heart of the Night, good. Russian Roulette, good. People Break, banger. Uh, scroll down. Never, or never break heart. I don't really remember that song, so I'm gonna say fine. <laughs> Crazy land. It says heart, 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 heart. Yeah. I mean, well, Andy, I'm sorry that you don't have a heart, so you can't relate to those of us that do. So the way I judge an album, if I listen to it three times and I can't remember what the song was about, yeah, it's fine or bad. Yeah. Uh, however, heart on fire, as I said, Crazy Land, banger. A uh, bunch of nothing and love shined out. I don't really remember them, so they're fine. So there, there are two of them that I want to talk about in particular. The first one's Russian Roulette. Russian Roulette's an early fan favorite, and I think it's a fantastic song. It's one of those songs where it's like, you know, he, he's dealing with a breakup. So again, matters of the heart. And with that song, he's driving. He he's get, leaving the town. He's he's trying to get gone, as he says, and he's playing Russian Roulette with the radio because he he kind of calls out to his previous line in Springsteen where it's funny how a melody becomes a memory. He says, I need a melody melody that is uh, not connected to a memory because you don't, you're sitting there and he, the way the, he paints the imagery of the song coming through the dashboard lights and left and right in stereo and is messing up his head playing Russian roulette with the radio in that song. He's talking about, he needs these songs to not hit him and let him break down from a broken heart from this girl that, that wrecked his world and left him and ripped his heart out I'm saying heart a lot, just cause Andy doesn't oh, like it, horny. but He's he, he, he did you say corny or horny? Corny. <laughs> but anyways, she ripped his heart out. So he's trying to avoid breaking down by having a song that reminds him of what he, he he's trying to run away from. And I think the, the the imagery that he paints with that is just it's class A songwriting. I'm sorry. I I, I really, really like this song. It's it's a good song. Like it, it's good driving music. It's just it, it has meaning. Like the, again, corny, correct? Well, I was driving when I listened to it, and I thought it was bad driving music. Andy, you only like trucker songs. Not true. <laughs> they, can't, they can't all be Eddie Rabbit's driving my life away. <laughs> the whole okay. time I listened to this album, the only thing I thought was, you know, who wrote a good song with heart in it? Don Henley. He got down to the heart of the matter in one song. Didn't take him a whole damn album. Well, this was kind of like, that's the, the common thread, the theme of this album. It wasn't a collection of songs like you probably want. This, this is almost like, it's not a concept record, but it's concept light. 
And I think outside of stick that in your country song, it kind of deals with those issues. And I think that that's harder to do to bring quality songs with the same kind of like emotions that he's dealing with. than it is um, just having a collection of songs, one about beer, one about heartbreak, one about, you know, Daisy Dukes. I mean, one about trucks. I mean, it's just, it's harder to do what I think he accomplished here than it is to just make a collection of songs that are loosely affiliated because the, it's the same guy singing it. To me, it was um, obvious that that's what he was trying to do, though. And I just, I, but I that was the, that was the point. He it. said that was what he was trying to do. I didn't think he did it. I didn't think he did it well, though. It's like it's like when you're being so obvious that you're trying to do something that it kind of like, I don't know how to put what I'm trying to. What do. are you that supposed to try to do something and tell people you're not trying to do it so it impresses a trucker in Wyoming? But it's like where you're obviously trying so hard to achieve this. Right. Yeah, right. and like, so I do somewhat understand your criticism because I, I told D-Berry when I was first listening to this, I was like, all I have wanted for the last going on 12 years is another Sinners Like Me or Carolina album. And I know I'm never going to get it again. But so when I first listened to it, I was kind of disappointed but they're really good songs. Um, so I have to disagree with you there. Uh, but the first time through, I was, of both albums, I was a little bummed out because I just, I, it is just this irrational theory I have that is never going to come to fruition. It's like ECU winning the National Football Championship. It's never going to happen, but I still hold out every year. But I just, I want another Sinners Like Me or Carolina album, even another Chief album. Yeah. But I know it's never going to happen. That's just not Eric as an artist. No, it, he's it, been different on every single record. He's been record. different for 10 plus years. Yeah. Now. I and mean, every single record has been different. But like on this record in particular, he did something different that he's probably not ever going to do again, which is, I think, Andy's criticism. Andy wants it to be more of a, a honed in process that goes through lots of different filters. Where this one, he said he took him and his guys, his production team, and his co writers to a spot in North Carolina that's a former restaurant that became a um, recording studio. Each song, they took 28 days, and they wrote each one in one day. They wrote it in the morning, they recorded it in the evening, they listened to it, and then they went with it. They didn't go through all these things where they uh, they over overthink it. He wanted it to be this loose, cre- creative moment that he did. Sometimes he hits, sometimes he misses. So I'm kind of looking at it through that lens where I don't think this is one of his best records, to be honest. He, his last three records like that were better than this, but I mean, it's it's impressive that he he did that though because it's not the same as just making the same record over and over. I mean, he's not ACDC. They made the same record nineteen fucking times. But I think like it gets like what you said, like where he's like he's like the with the plan. We're gonna go. We're gonna write this song today. That never sits right with me. Just well, like when you even most people it, most people me, write a song in a day, Andy. Most people don't even write their own songs. I'm not saying that it, it, yeah, but I, I'm not saying this that it's wrote in a day. It's that yeah. the the agenda for the day was to do this. It wasn't that just he wrote the song in a day from I don't know like past experiences and all or whatever. But it's like where the plan was to write this song today. I don't know something like that. Just it just don't sit right with me. That's how most songs are written though. Like they they meet up with people. And they write it like even BJ Barham and his albums, he writes the entire record. Like he'll go to the beach or go to the mountains and he'll write the entire record. I mean, it's not like he's writing for over the course of a year, whenever the muse hits him in this very pinkies out kind of way. I mean, it's, that's not how it works. I mean, most of these guys, it's a business, but it's also art. There's a line you have to straddle when they write these records, they hold themselves up sometimes with co-writers. Sometimes they don't just depend on what your writing style is. And they write these records in a shorter amount of time for this project. And that's kind of sometimes what gets the cohesiveness of what the, the album is supposed to be. And I, I mean, I, look, I, I think it's pretty impressive that they wrote it and they put a melody to it. Yeah. That, that quickly, because, you know, you can write a song and then recorded but, it too. Yeah. And then record it and don't even know what the melody is going to be to it. So I, I think that's impressive. And Andy, I mean, Two of the most famous country songs ever written were written in the same day. It's true. <laughs> Jolene and I Will Always Love You. Even though I Dolly wrote them you. in the same day. Yeah, I mean, even I Will Always Love You is not really, well, even though it's more famous from Whitney Houston. Yeah. But, I mean, they were written in the same day. I mean, but sometimes, sometimes you just, <clears throat> you, just you know. We'll, we'll just end this kind of like debate we're having with this. We hear you. We understand what you're saying, but I disagree. Fair enough. The 
the other song that I, the other song that I do want to talk about though, for um, I throw it over to Kyle to talk about some of the stuff uh, Kyle and I were talking about. And you can jump in on this one too. I think people break. I know Andy's going to disagree because he's talking about hearts again, but <laughs> I think people break is fantastic because it's kind of like that mid tempo where Eric Church is really good at that, and the melody of this is very very good. But on I think the the way he finishes the chorus is such a great turn of phrase, and I love the songwriting on it and where it goes. He's talking about, you know, how relationships dwindle out and it doesn't always work out. Because like I said, everybody knows I'm a fan of shit not working out in songs. But he goes, baby, I get it. I really do. But now I got to go and do the hardest part and break the news to a broken heart. It's like he in his head, he knows that he can't control it and that, you know, this I, I get why she's not into it, because it's like, um, you know, Lucero's song, Texas and Tennessee. You don't have to tell me how it feels not to be in love. He understands that aspect, but it doesn't make it your brain gets it. But your heart, there's a disconnect sometimes between the brain and the heart. Your brain gets it. But at the same time, your heart, it doesn't make it any easier. And you get, so your brain, you got to break the news to your broken heart and have to get through it. And I think that's this song perfectly encapsulates that. There's not much left to say. Uh, it really isn't much left to say. I mean, to me, people break almost, I was telling you, but it almost sounds like a spoken word. And this is coming from someone who, let's put it frankly, hates culture. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you I uncultured think, swine. I think a lot of, uh, I think a lot of like spoken word and oh, yeah, pinkies the, out with the, the fruit, fruit, the, the, the fruit, fruit poetry. Yeah. I think it's a load of shit. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking honestly here. I think it's a load of shit. Uh, <laughs> but in my head, when I was listening, you will never go to a poetry slam. Never. <laughs> I will never ever. No. If I mean, luckily, I am engaged to someone who thinks very similar to me. Um, but if someone ever tried to make me go to that, I would be like, of all the things we could have done, this is what we're doing. I said, but that, that's just me, you know. Hey, whatever floats people's boats, you know, you're entitled to that. I don't, I don't really care. But in my head, when I was listening to it, I was like, wow, this sounds like that. And then they slapped a melody on it, and it works really well. So, I mean, and then is it Crazy Land or Never Break Heart? Where it says poo. Um, <laughs> crazy Land. Crazy Land. Crazy Land. <laughs> First time I heard of it, I was laughing the way Eric Church says poo. <laughs> Yeah, because in, in Crazy Land, you know, it's a song about it, it. Andy, this is one that you actually agree with the song that it's a good song because you yeah, said this song. when it first was released like as a promotional single. Um, it's a song where he it's similar in the way how he had all the you know, clever songwriting in the sense of like what he did with Kill a Word, where it's yeah. like he was talking about the different emotions or different words in that aspect. But this time it's talking about emotions where, say, you walk into a bar and you have all the emotions of like something not working out of a heartbreak and regret and never coming back and things like that. And each, each one's encapsulated in a personified way in a way that like they're, they're over there playing poo <laughs> or, or uh, at the bar and like one of them's a bartender. It, it's just, you have to listen to the song. It's done very, very well. And it, each kind of like emotion represents a person in that kind of, in that song. So that's one we all can agree on that I think would be a good way to, and I'll let you guys have your closing arguments on heart, but I think that's a good way. We agree on that one. That's a good way to end. So Andy, uh, all right. So I I do understand some of your criticism because like I said, the, the album with killer word, I believe that was the name of the album. Mm, I can't remember the top of my head, but I don't think it was. Uh, Hold on one second. I'm going to, I will get it. Anyway, I understand what you're saying because that album. Oh my God, so many lives. So many com- compilation albums on Spotify. Uh, it was Mr. Mr. Misunderstood. Mr. Misunderstood. Okay. So I understand your criticism because, like, Killer Word, really good song. <laughs> but <laughs> at the same time, I'm vaccinated. I don't have their own. I don't really want to listen to it. Um, so I, 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 do, I do understand some of those criticisms. I can respect that it's a really, really good song and it's really cleverly written. But at the same time, a lot of the songs on that album, I don't really want to listen to. Um, so I don't know if that's your criticism or not, but I, I do, if, if it is, I do understand that aspect of your criticism. I your thoughts? Like it. 
<laughs> All right. I'm going to cut it short. I don't like it. I like two songs. Yeah. Sorry. So I'm going to throw it over to our correspondent on the street, the former professional wrestler from OVW. Actually, I probably should stop saying that because I don't want them to sue us. But uh, our former professional wrestler, correspondent on the street, Classic R. Carter. Carter, how do you feel about, uh, as John, uh, Kyle would say, culture and slam poetry and snap poetry and all those poetry readings? They're pretty cool. Yeah, you, cool. Went, you, went, you, you, you went to college in Western North Carolina. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah. Mountain boy. <laughs> Explain to me. Uh, Defend yourself I mean, now. I mean... I don't know. This album was pretty cool. I like Bret Hart. <laughs> he likes Bret Hart. <laughs> the Hart Foundation. Uh, that's what this album's about, right? Jim Neidhart. This album was about the Hart family, right? Carter, I have one question. From Canada. Did you listen to a song when D-Bear was driving over here? Yes. Yeah, I liked Okay, fair enough. Like he two. listened to Russian Roulette and... <clears throat> uh, Heart of the Moment. <laughs> <laughs> Heart of the Matter is a Don Henley song. Uh, uh, I was uh, shit. I was thinking heat. Of the, I was thinking heat of the moment by Asia. No, he, he listened to Heart on Fire and Russian Roulette. He did like those. Okay, respectable. Class. I, respectable. I, I prefer uh, Hearts on Fire from Rocky Four. Oh, a good montage song. We should do an episode on montage music one day. Ooh, good idea. <laughs> write that down. In the yeah. List. All right. So moving on from Heart, um, it came out April sixteenth. I recommend it. Kyle recommends it. Andy says no. So we're two to one. We have actually a disagreement on an album for once here. That hasn't happened in a while. You bet, Andy. We're a democracy, and you have been voted off the island. Yep. You're the biggest link. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> All right, moving into the second, uh, re- well, really the third release, another collection of nine songs came out April 23rd, and this one is titled Soul. And it's aptly titled again because it's very soulful. It's, it's more about, in a lot of ways, the – sonic sounds you hear rather than the subject matter the last time heart kind of dealt more with the subject matter whereas soul kind of deals with the, the the sound of this album it's very funky it's very soulful has some like muscle shoals motown kind of vibe with it mm-hmm. i think the album sounds really good it's a it's a groovy album it's something that driving down the road if you don't want to listen to the lyrics it's pretty cool to listen to my criticisms and i'll cede it over to andy for him to talk about it is um, and then we can, after that, Kyle can talk and then we'll talk about the songs we liked or didn't like, but I think the album sounds good. It's very groovy, but I think lyrically it's kind of weak outside of a couple songs. And on top of that, I've never been a big fan when church goes into his falsetto voice and he does that a lot here. It's just not my thing. It grows on me a little bit. Cause like, I didn't like higher wire from the desperate man, but now I kind of like that song a little bit. So maybe it's a grower. Um, but it, sure. it, in the words of Farce the Music on Twitter today, for me, heart was a yeah and soul was a meh. So uh, that's kind of where I stand on it. Andy, what about you, Soul, Eric Church? I, I like the album. I agree with you, though, on the writing. Aside from Hell of a View, pretty, pretty light at best, I would say. But it sounds – a lot of the songs on this album, I really like the way they sound. Right. Like, uh, I really like I, – I like uh, – Break It Kind of Guy. I told Carter to listen to that song, and I'm guessing he didn't because he's a useless asshole. But, uh, <laughs> wow. You're a useless asshole. Wow. <laughs> but that song to me reminds – it's like George Thorogood and like disco or something. Like I, it, There's it, some Bee Gees influence. There, there's some a little bit of Rolling Stones influence on some songs. That was the song I was like, Carter would probably really like this because it, it reminds me of like George Thorogood too. It's like the – of the lyrical – it's the arrogance of it, just the ridiculous arrogance basically. That, but it's pretty light on the – that. but I like the sound of that. Bad Mother Trucker is a very corny song, but it sounds really good. And then uh, let's see, like Rock and Roll Found Me, I really actually have no idea what the song's about. I don't know what any of the words are, but it sounds good. I really like that song. Basically, exactly – it, I, 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 I've listened to it multiple times. I have no idea what it's about, though. I really like the way it sounds, though. Basically what you said, though. Lyrically, slack, sound, very good. Fair enough. Kyle, what about you? <clears throat> Andy, since we're going <clears> to <throat> continue the uh, spree of disagreeing, um, I'm not going to say your opinion's wrong, but your opinion's wrong. <laughs> um, <laughs> the only... <laughs> All right, so... Hell of a View should be on the Hard Album because the Hard Album is superior. Um, 
I would like to see him sing Bad Mother Trucker in live and see how quickly it takes him after a few beers to mess those lyrics up. Um, <clears throat> Lennon Skinner Jones, it's fine. Uh, it's a fine song. Um, Jenny, no. Not yeah, I'm good. not a fan of Jenny. <clears throat> not and good. I'm not talking about my sister-in-law. I, I love her. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm just talking about the song, Jenny, is not good. Uh, Breaky kind of guy, nah. Um, I don't even remember Brightside Girl or Look Good and You Know It. I'll be honest with you. When I saw the title of Look Good and You Know It, I didn't even want to li- listen to it. And I know we shouldn't judge a book by its cover, <laughs> but I did. And I forced myself to listen to it. <clears throat> and man, um, my, <clears throat> so hard for me to say because I am an Air Church fanboy. Jeez. <clears throat> Mr. Church, you're getting choked up over here. <laughs> Mr. Church, if you're listening to our podcast, which I know you are, <clears throat> as you all should be, uh, please stop trying to do this. <clears throat> the Outsiders album <laughs> really infuriated me. Harry <laughs> <laughs> Church is like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I, know I mean, this man is just swimming in dollar bills. He has his own furniture line with like rooms to go or whatever. Uh, he didn't care about me. But please, <laughs> I'm your biggest defender. And it hurts me to say, stop doing this album. Stop. I know you want to do it because you are a well-rounded musician, but please stop. It doesn't suit your, your, it doesn't suit your style. It doesn't suit, suit your voice. And we have discussed relentlessly. You can, you can lack certain vocal talents, but sing to your strengths. And this album just exhibits every one of his weaknesses, in my opinion. And it just... Vocally, it's not his strongest. Yeah, yeah. vocally. All right, lyrically, it may be, but (laughs) this may be very shallow of me. If the lyrics are good, but it doesn't sound good, I don't want to listen to it. And that's just my opinion. Oh, man, you gotta have some soul. Um, Look, it reminds me... I feel like he... That cuts out a lot of people in independent music. Yeah, I feel feel like... I mean, I don't know if Eric Church smokes a little dope, but I feel like he smoked a little dope and watched reruns of Soul Train on YouTube, (laughs) and he wrote this album. And that's fine, but you've got to to shape it a little bit to fit your strengths. And he didn't do it, and it's not good. And it hurts me to say that. It's his biggest fan. I will say, like, I generally I agree with Kyle on that, but at the same time, I admire his um, desire to be different each album and have uh, kind of stretch the creative boundaries. Let's just throw aside the fact that he's supposed to be a country artist. Like, that's a that's a lost cause at this point when with people in modern music, it's just it, there's it's all over the place with people sonically. So throw that out for right now. Can I, can but, I interrupt one yeah. second? Uh, the best part about this album is the young lady that he has singing background vocals. Joanna Cotton. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Joanna Cotton's fantastic. Yeah, she's fun- yeah, fantastic. She does a really good that job adding that in here. best part about this album. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. No, like, like I said, um, hell of a view. We talked about this on the show before that, uh, that song just sounds so good. It's, mm-hmm. it's a cool little nostalgic story or not nostalgic, but it's a cool little story about like, you know, uh, him and his girl, kind of like just not chasing money but chasing freedom and happiness and you know as long as they're together it's a hell of a view kind of thing really fun song sounds really good would fit better on heart than it would on soul um leonard skinner jones is probably the countryest part on soul i think i actually like leonard skinner jones i um it, i mean some could argue it's a little cheesy maybe but that's some easter eggs in it about um leonard skinner this couple met at a uh oh, concert and um, the lady got pregnant. They went their separate ways. I don't think that he knew that uh, that he had a son. He meets him later, and he finds out. Um, we found out that the father was Curtis Lowe. I mean, maybe a little cheesy, but I think it's kind of cool. Um, I think that's a good song. Hell of a is a good song. Um, I really like Rock and Roll Found Me. Um, I think that was a Casey Bethard co-write. Look good, you know, and I was disappointed because um, Travis Meadows co-wrote that song. He is a guy that has written songs um, like Riser. He wrote Kill a Word. Um, he's written with a, uh, a lot of the independent guys. And Travis Meadows, I think, opened up for American Aquarium a few years ago. Like, he's, a, he's a very talented songwriter. Um, this wasn't one of my favorites that came from his pen. But like I said, the album sounds good. I think it's a little bit weak lyrically from what I'm used to from Eric Church. Um, not that the songs are bad per se, but it's just it's not my thing. Maybe it is for you. That's fine if it is. But, um, you know, like I said, 
Heart, yeah. Soul, meh. I mean, that's just kind of where I'm at on it. Mm-hmm. More of a heart, nah, soul, meh. Andy's not a fan of either. I, and like I said, Andy, too. I wrote a good song called Jenny, Cross Canadian Ragweed. Very true. <laughs> so back to the correspondent on the street. Really good song. Classic Art Carter. Any thoughts on Soul? You haven't heard a single song, but hell of a view. Uh, in to wrap it all up for um, the Heart and Soul three albums, uh, I prefer Heart and Soul by Huey Lewis in the News. <laughs> <laughs> it's hip to be square, bro. It's the power of love. <clears throat> all right. Well, yeah, I think that kind of wraps up most of our thoughts on Heart and Soul. Andy, you have anything else to add? No. Yeah. Well, we're, we actually kind of had a contentious episode here, which we haven't had in a while. I kind of dig the, <clears throat> the fact that we disagreed because we agree too much sometimes. Mm-hmm. All right, Barry. Andy, I have one final question. The over-under before someone posts a really crappy... Um, Is that a pun for what Andy was doing in the bathroom of the truck stop? Hey-o! <laughs> Over under before how long it takes for someone to leak the and ampersand album on YouTube. Over under on what days, weeks? Where we're days, weeks. Two weeks. I think it's already out. It's already up there. Has it been struck down yet? Well, do you think it's already out and you just sang that, Andy, or do you like have you read that or seen it? No, I I just that's just what I think. We'll look it up and we'll think it. I mean, it's probably true. Yeah. We'll look it up and we'll update you next episode if it is, or we'll tweet it or something. But, but yeah, the um, I, I say two weeks. I think somebody will try to leak it. Yes, it is already released to the church choir, right? Yeah, it is. But the thing is, though, I, you thing thing is though, it's gonna be difficult for them to do it. You know why? Because he offered a link for you to be able to stream the album, but not uh, not be able to download it. You can't download the album. You can get it in vinyl, or you can stream it. Yeah, so that's why I think someone's just going to have a really, really crappy stream. Yeah, stream. Like they were trying to record it or yeah. something. Yeah, and it's going to be hard to find because they're going to try to juke the algorithm to sh- where people strike it down. Yeah, so it's going to be hard to find. But Maybe I'll slow just... it down or something so it misses the algorithm. Yeah, and if that's the case, I'm just not going to listen. No. Now there I, are a couple songs that we've heard from it that I kind of like. Yes, but anyways, um, heart. I recommend Soul. I mean, if you want to listen to it once or twice, it's fine. Um, it's not going to be something that I'm going to keep in my rotation, but that's me. All right. Well, for this episode of Country and Coal Cans, I'm Logan sitting here with Andy and Kyle. And uh, this week, our correspondent on the street, Classic Rock Carter. Number one country music journalist. Who doesn't listen to country? <laughs> Signing off. <laughs> All right. I'll see you guys next time.